brand new year. And 12 is a significant number in biblical symbolism. 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles, on and on. But for us, it reminds us of the glorious promise to the church and her hope. I'd like you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I mean chapter 1. We're going to read verse 9. Acts chapter 1. So immediately, while you're turning, while immediately following the, the resurrection, the risen Lord, was the miracle of ascension. I want to read in your hearing the authorized version, just a couple of lines here, beginning in verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, everybody say praise the Lord. I want to stop a moment. I, I want to say how thrilled I am to see all of you here. Everyone in this building, it thrills my soul. Every teacher that's upstairs, every classroom that's full, I thank God for all of them, our children, our teachers. And then it's a joy to see those that have been sick to be in the house of the Lord today. We thank God for that, especially to see, of course, the Rose family Brother Rose is still not able to get out into the service, but the family is able to be here today. And then uh, Brother Frazier, where, where are you, Brother Frazier? He's back. All right. And so we're so happy to see them. And then all the way from Paraguay to see our good own good missionary brother, Brother Walker. And I want to tell you, I've had you on my heart for weeks. And, uh, and I thank God for what you're doing the sacrifices he made. He, of course, uh, just now been able to break away and get home for just a couple of days. So we're very happy to see each of you. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Let's read it again. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Can you say praise the Lord? And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven. Now, Let's pause long enough to, to make sure we don't lose track in this older way of speaking. While they looked steadfastly, which just means, see, the, the idea here is that they, they were straining to see. Because he was going up into the clouds and they were like, oh my, goodness, that, that kind of thing. So when it said they steadfastly, that's what they're talking about. They strained to see. They looked toward the heaven as he went up. Behold... Two men stood by them in white apparel. These were angels, of course. Verse 11, which also said, in other words, they added to this amazement. They also added their words to this monumental moment. Ye men of Galilee. I find this question, <laughs> I find this an interesting question when someone was just lifted off the earth. But they said to them, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Now, gazing, if you're not, uh, if, you, if it doesn't help you to say gaze, and it may not, this is just a word that means to, like, if you were staring, you were, you're so captivated, you're, you're just, a gaze means it has your attention. And they were staring at it. Why? Do you stand here gazing up into heaven? I get that. That's meant to be uh, paradoxical. They weren't being silly. The same Jesus, they said, which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner 
as you have seen him go in to heaven. I've been wanting to preach this now for a number of weeks, and I have waited until January. I want to preach from the subject, what a gathering that will be. I want you to put your Bibles down and pray with me that God will anoint your pastor right now. Could you pray? Could you lift your voice up? Let's lift our hands up. Father, right now, dear Lord, grip our hearts, I pray, and our minds this January morning. Lord, here we are, a brand new year. You said it clearly that you would descend from heaven with a shout. You said we'd be caught up to meet you in the air. We're going to see you face to face. Hallelujah. So I pray the Holy Ghost, Lord, right now will prepare each heart here today so that not a single one will miss that gathering. I pray that everybody that's hearing this message today will be ready for the coming of the Lord. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Let's praise him one more time before we're seated. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we praise your name. And we give you glory. Praise God. And you can be seated. Now, I realize that many, many people go to churches where if you clap your hands, they call 911. And I understand that. And people don't jump around. They certainly don't run around. Uh, and they don't talk in tongues and so forth. But, but you're in an apostolic church. And so I hope you're comfortable. I trust you are. But being comfortable is not the final goal. What's important is that we are ready to see our God. Now, today I'm preaching from the subject, what a gathering that will be. And we have read the story of the Lord's ascension. Now, one of the great uh, lesser known miracles of the Lord was what we might think of as this final miracle, the miracle of the ascension. Sometimes I call it the miracle of the 40 days. He remained with the church for 40 days days. Hallelujah. Anybody glad the Lord has stayed with us? <laughs> oh, yes. He stayed with the church for 40 days. He was killed. He was crucified. He was beaten. He was buried. And then the third day, God brought him out of the grave. The stone was rolled away. Of course, that's Easter, and that's a great and mighty story. But then he remained with them for 40 days. Now, many times, and I, I've often wondered why we don't hear more preaching about it. And I determined some months ago that I was going to think through some of the important concepts of those 40 days. So he was going away. He was going to ascend into heaven. But something else had to happen. Now, everybody knows he could have just gone. He could have disappeared. He didn't have to float up into where they're looking at him. This was all done because God knows exactly what he's doing. What you're feeling today is more than just a, uh, well, I'm not sure about these people. They're a little bit, uh, you know, they're just a little bit, you know, uh, uh, maybe they don't have it all together or something like that, see? I know because the first time I walked into a Pentecostal church, I thought they were crazy. Well, I knew they were crazy, but I was wondering what was really going on here. And so it is that sometimes we have a hard time getting a hold of what the Lord is doing or trying to say. But what is actually happening is that it is the spirit of the Lord that is in this place. Plus, he takes his word and he allows it to manifest God's purpose in our lives. So the Lord was getting ready to to leave the earth, but he took 40 days and he remained here. He was in this 40 days teaching the believers 
numerous things. Imagine 40 days. What a, what a marvelous time that would have been to have time like that. We were with uh, the church in McDonough had a crew, uh, their conference. They have an annual January conference. And Brother Huntley was there. And so uh, we were get, got a, in on part of it. And, and uh, the, 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 the crowd grew and grew. And, and uh, I was thinking on the Thursday night that I was there, how the Holy Ghost rushed into that place and how the Holy Ghost began to talk to me and things. I, I just, I'd been waiting for that for many days. And how many knows that the Lord is always on time? He didn't rush away from his disciples. He didn't just leave them there. He waited for 40 days. He didn't rush off. He was teaching them just as in the miracle of resurrection over death itself. That was a, a mighty thing. Imagine he was watching him there die and, and people. I'm going to tell you that was a most unbelievable moment for those believers. That a man that could raise the dead and, and heal the sick and even multiply food and bread and fish so that thousands could be fed. And they crucified him. In an open shame, Roman law. And they drove nails through his hands and feet and crucified him. It was like, oh, we never thought it was possible. How could it be that he could even be crucified? Many of the believers thought he would surely. And, and even when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabasani. There's all kinds of debate. What does that mean? I teach Hebrew, I teach Greek, I teach ancient language, I teach Latin, and nobody cares. But I want to tell you something. Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani is not Aramaic. It is not Hebrew. He was speaking from the very depths of the soul of his humanity. But Mark interprets it for us. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They thought surely someone said, what's he doing? Maybe he's crying out for Elijah to, to help him. It was, quite a, it was quite a lesson. And yet, now we come to the miracle, <laughs> the post-resurrection miracle of the ascension. So, the Bible tells us that heaven is a glorious place. I've noticed that our culture is using religious swear words. We're the swearingest culture in the history of the world. Hollywood stars think that, that it's their job to teach our young people to curse. That's the world we live in. And they're using words. Like I noticed they don't say, oh, heaven. I've not heard that one. Now, the number one curse, I was reading this in... Uh, well, I first read it in Medved's deal, but uh, who is a Jewish, uh, whatever he is, uh, that the number one curse word in America today is Jesus. So if you're mad at someone or you don't like something or you're exasperated, you just say, I won't do it, of course. Uh, like a byword, what we call a byword. Someone says, well, that's not cursing. You know, that's not cursing. The number one curse word. Now, of course, God in his... Uh, the word God has been used as a curse from, I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to probably go back to the ancient uh, Egyptians or something. It goes so far back. So we're living in a, in a day 
when people have lost sight of the value of religious things. For example, when they say, I don't care anything about heaven or hell. Of course, that's total foolishness. But what they mean is they don't believe in either heaven or hell. But I'm telling you today, heaven is a wonderful place. And Jesus was on his way back to heaven because he was the God of heaven. And he took upon him the robe of flesh. He came into this world via Mary and Joseph. He entered the world as a baby. Into this world as a baby. And he was hardly breathing. And they were chasing him to Egypt. They thought they were going to destroy. I've got news. I'm telling you right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. You will never escape it no matter where you go. Never, 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 never. Hallelujah. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost here? There's something here and it's the Holy Ghost. So he was on his way to the glories of heaven. And uh, he was going, before he left, he was going to demonstrate one of the most powerful lessons, object lessons, whatever you want to call it. God wanted it to be as dramatic. I'm trying to think, Brother French, uh, I'm just going to talk to you because they think I'm wacky out there. That was amazing. I mean, just think about, I cannot think. Think and maybe later you can uh, maybe you could come back from your honeymoon and just we could talk about you know this and the, the Lord and just spiritual things. If you feel it, just come on and we'll we'll just pray and we'll talk to the Lord. And uh, I cannot think of a miracle similar that all of a sudden the Lord begins to rise. I would love to, I would have loved to see that. I mean, of course, I guess almost everything's disputed by somebody, but I can't think of a miracle. And I know the axe had floated and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I know the eunuch was transported, but as far as we know, it just was like that, you know, as far, I mean, that's, that's the best uh, I can make of it, that he was here and then he just was trans- teleported him over there somewhere. And so he was one place and the Lord said, I need you over there. And how many of us that God can do anything? And all of a sudden, Jesus begins to rise right in their presence. He wanted it to be as dramatic. He wanted us to be wowed by this moment in this event. Now, first of all, Jesus knew that we would long to see him again. Can you say praise the Lord? He knew that that would be part of us. The church sings, for example, if you're not familiar with it, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I don't know when this song, it's one of the old songs, that the kind of the pinnacle, the folks that stomp and shout and dead, those kind of people, they wrote a song called, Oh, I want to see him. Hallelujah. Look upon his face. There to sing forever. See, that's what, look, I want to see you, Lord. And secondly, so he knew we would do that. We would long to see him. We would have moments where we would say, oh, if I could just see Jesus. Secondly, it is vital 
that you who are struggling, who are heavy laden, that do not know how you're going to face this world. You're laughed at, some of you young people, where they're making fun of the way you dress and how you talk and that you won't go along with all of the garbage and won't listen to the stuff they're saying and doing. And so they use their uh, quiet moments out there to make fun of you. Or perhaps you are facing circumstances in this world that you simply cannot understand, a cancer Someone recently said cancer is one of the scariest words in our modern world. So he, he knew that we would need something in the midst of all of this troubled world that would allow us to have faith in the midst of it. Oh, shikata satahai. I'm going to say this. I, I, uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm uh, going to say something personal. I, I will never, ever forget the day that the doctor walked in <laughs> and said, your baby has cancer. I, I will never forget it as long as I live. It was almost impossible to assimilate, to believe it. I said, I, I, I just can't believe it. Our baby has cancer. Oh, God, I, I don't know what to do. I'm a pastor. Lord, what's wrong? What's going on? I, I don't understand this. He, I want to tell you the Lord knew the day would come when you're going to face something that is beyond your ability, a world you cannot cope with. He wanted you to know that he's got the power over all of it. He's got power over sickness. He's got power over cancer. He's got power over your bills. He's got power over your neighbors. He's got the power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we're not always this crazy. Okay, sometimes we're worse. Now, faith, regardless of the pain, Regardless of the situation, brother, uh, uh, I won't look around. One of our brothers, Brother Pino, a member of the call, sister, Brother Cole was still here. They called and said Brother Pino had fallen on the job, worked for uh, like the water company or something. And he had fallen 25 feet. And he landed on a pipe that broke, his, broke him up. I mean, I, I don't mean to be embarrassing anybody but it seemed like it was hopeless. I mean, it was like, oh, God, why? And I'm talking to someone right now, and I'm not minimizing it one bit to tell you that even though these things happen in our lives and they upset our world, that God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Regardless of your pain, I don't mean that as a put down. Your situation, I'm not, I'm not minimizing your circumstance. But I'm telling you that Jesus wanted you to know I'm not leaving you. I'm going up, but I'm not leaving. 
leaving you. Hallelujah. Everybody else may leave you. Mother may forsake you. Brother may forsake you. But Jesus will never forsake you. He loves you. Some of you are dealing with things in your life. They're wrecking your marriage. They're, they're messing up your kids because you've struggled. But I've got news for you. He's never going to leave you. He wanted you to know, hey, it took three days, just three days to get a resurrection. But it took 40 days for Jesus to teach us he's never leaving. He's coming back. He's going to do for us what he said he would do. So whatever you're facing, he's going to meet you again. Put your hands together. He's going to meet you again. The devil's the liar who tells us that it's over and it's done. Like some, some of you have been told by whoever. You didn't know it was the devil, but that was the voice of the devil. Saying, well, you, 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 you're just too deep. You've just done so much. You even look, Remember that guy you beat up and... Remember the, all those drugs? Remember the people you've lied to? You're hopeless. That's the voice of the devil talking to you. Because it's not hope, hopeless, you see. Because the grave and the cross and the nails and the whip, you see, they keep talking to us. They keep reminding us. Well, the devil wants to keep us from seeing Jesus right there with us. And say, well, that's just a person. I heard some famous uh, Hollywood star uh, read it. I don't know. It was some, some one of those tubes. I don't know which it was. And, and she said, well, it's cuckoo. And uh, people say uh, uh, they, they were talking to Jesus. That was what the quote said. It doesn't matter who it is. There's probably a hundred of these people would have said the same thing. It's crazy what these people say. They were talking to Jesus. But it's even more crazy when Jesus talks back to them. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I hear him right now. He's talking to us. He's talking to us. He's in this place over here on Terra where the road work has started. He's, he's getting ready to demonstrate to us that what he has done, everything is going to be all right. I've got a feeling that everything, yeah, but you don't understand these Romans. It doesn't matter. Everything is going to be all right. I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel compelled to say this as well a little bit more. Not only are you going to see the Lord, but that gathering will bring you face to face with loved ones who are already gone. 
Yes, and I'm here to preach it. And I've only got a few more moments, but I am telling you, you're going to see loved ones. I'm going to see grandma, the one person that I have loved from the day I knew a human being. She loved me when nobody else even understood who I was, but she prayed me through to the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to see grandma, and I'm going to take her by the I'm going to see loved ones that I haven't seen for years, Pardon me a moment while I, while I have me just a little bit of praising going. I thank you, Jesus, because you're reminding us today. Oh, yes. Everything's going to be all right. Grandma used to say baby a lot, so she would say, it's going to be all right, baby. Dad's out drunk, but it's going to be all right, baby. She's gone. What a gathering that's going to be. You will see them again. Not just in heaven. See, I know we all believe that going to heaven, we're going to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on. That's a great sermon. I love that. That's true, and I preach it. I believe it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we're going to see them in a symbolic foray of glorious reunion. Praise God. So you're going to see them, not just in heaven, but in the air. So write it down. You can put it in your paper. They believe they're going up in the air. And they're going to go far away to another world. Write it and put headlines. Pastor French is preaching it. Someone was talking the other day and they said, you mean there's still people in the world that preach that? I said, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. We're now seeing Jesus has been gone 2,000 years. But we got a promise. We're seeing a million people at a time. Folks, can you imagine? I can't even explain a million people. A million people lift their hands and receive the Holy Ghost at one time in giant crowds all over this world. People in Ethiopia, I was there when they raised the dead and when they broke the chains off and the ropes off and their limbs reached out and God did miracles. I want to tell you what's happening. Jesus is saying, I'm going to see you again. I promise you and I'm going to be there there for you praise God whatever happens here you can live in such a way that you are planning for that meeting so I'm going to see Peter oh that's going to be so awesome oh Lord you know I, I'm going to have a hard time preaching this I'm going to see the apostle Peter I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to even approach him. They crucified him upside down. He was changed the world with this preaching. And I'm going to be. I'm going to just be able to walk over. Of course, 
I was preaching about heaven. I'd preach about doing that for a billion years. And then, but I'm talking about in the air. We're going to gather. Now, I don't know if we'll be suspended in some way. I'm not sure. What a gathering that will be. I'm going to see John. Of course, I've already seen my son, but I mean, I'm going to see. <laughs> I want, <laughs> of course, I want to see John, but I mean, I'm going to see uh, John the Apostle, the youngest of the apostles. Oh, I got questions. I forgot my questions. <laughs> we're going to talk. Uh, we used to sing about this. You know, we're, now all we're singing about is how we feel. I'm going to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Oh, folks, it's going to be a gathering. I'm begging you today, don't miss it, church. All the saints we've been in awe of. Paul himself, and I've read all your letters, Paul. So nice to actually meet you, to be in a crowd. Now I've shaken hands with presidents when I graduated from one of the universities uh, I met a president there and and uh, we were going to shake his hand but just as we were about to reach across you know this thing and president president Bush and we were just all good because it was at our university and I was in the top I was because all the tall ones were in the very front so I was right there and I just reached over like we were going to reach over and the in the uh Secret Service said, uh, oh, and one more thing. Don't, don't shake hands with the president or we'll have to shoot you. We were like, I mean, I understood it, but it just seemed, I mean, it just seemed odd. There, he was right there. I could, all, I could touch him, but, but if I did, I'd be dead. And well, I didn't really want to shake his hand that much. I've got uh, Brother... Uh, I wasn't able to go. Did you shake hands with Obama yourself? Yourself? Okay. That's not just, you're not just saying that. I'm just kidding. So I told him, I said, get me a, get me a, 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 I want, you know, something. I want to know something. And he brought me back. So I owe him for the rest of my life. He walked right up. Did you get, do you have the same thing yourself? Did you get two? Okay, I was going to say. I wouldn't have given mine to you, I'll tell you that. So, uh, <clears throat> no, I, I might would have. <laughs> I probably would have. I, pr I think I would have. Uh, and, and he walked right up to the president. And he signed him live right there. It wasn't something he signed in the, you know, plane somewhere. So I've got my, in my library, I've got 12,000 books in there. I've got my Obama photo in there. It's, of course, you can barely read it because... You know, that's the way they do. Because you can't read my handwriting or whatever. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of it. I've met presidents and I, I was like, wow, that's such a, that's so neat. That's so, so good. I, it's history and so on. I've met people, seen people. And, and uh, I could go on and on. Famous folks that have I've just had a chance to either be in the room or get to talk with them. Or one time I was invited to a meeting just to walk in and, and, and to meet some people that were very, very well known. I was honored. I was honored. I was the least worthy in the room. But I want to tell you something. 
I'm not worthy, but I'm going to see Jesus face to face. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't you see Jesus meant for his ascension to wow our imaginations. That way we'd never lose sight of meeting Jesus in the air. So when Jesus told them, go to that upper room, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What Jesus is telling us is immediately after that, he basically breathed those words, go get the Holy Ghost, which, by the way, tells us that getting the Holy Ghost is very important. These are the last words out of his mouth. It'd be, I'm going to be over-exaggerated. Let me dramatize it. Go to the upper room. So I'm dramatizing. I don't know if he did it like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he certainly didn't do it yawning and, and saying, well, I, I'm, I'm throwing my gummy. I've got, I've got to catch a bus. And I'm, I know he didn't do that. Go to the upper room and wait there until you be endued. Oh, I'm talking to somebody here today. The miracle of God's presence. They would gather in that upper room in just days and be filled with the Spirit. Forty days Jesus had been with them since Easter, getting them ready for the Holy Ghost because he knew how much the enemy would try to hinder every one of you, every soul that dared to reach out for the power of God. Go to the upper room and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The words were hardly out of the Lord's mouth when the Bible says he began to lift up off the earth right before their eyes. Now, I want to ask this question, and I'm almost done. Why in the world did this happen? Because God wanted us to experience the reality of the day that is coming for us. He wanted us to see it in sort of a clip or a, if you're using modern lingo, just sort of get a little foretaste of it. Look at verse 9. When he had spoken these things, he was basically in the midst of the final words. I mean, it was absolutely shocking. Gravity defying. While they were watching, the Bible says, he was taken up. The Greek word is epiro, which means he was lifted off the ground. Just begin to rise. We would, uh, I, Lord, I may be, Lord, if this is taking liberty, forgive me before I say it. But we sometimes think of this as slow motion. They saw in, and you know, even when something's happening fast, your mind can replay it in slow motion. But I, I suspect that this was happening in a very slow, <laughs> until he was out of sight in the cloud. That is pure Jonah. But that's all for you, my friend, if you will, if you choose. To ponder the significance of that day that's just about here. He wanted you to prepare yourself and your loved ones. It's that needed motivator. 
they were still straining to see where he'd gone. The clouds, very clear, the clouds, and, and the angels start speaking. And they're, they're staring, and they're, they're amazed. Their mouth dropped open, no warning. Just up and gone. An angel startled them, and there's these bright angels standing there, and they're, they're are, 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 are you getting this? Angels were sent. They were dispatched to heighten the sense of the miraculous. So, devil, get behind me. We're not buying your lies. This world is not my home. Someone said, well, you, everybody's got to die. No, they don't. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when the living will be raptured off of this earth. And we're going to fly up to meet the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. What a gathering that's going to be. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to stop right here. I want you to clap your hands. I want you to praise the Lord. Forget about everybody else. And you just sell the Lord. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Devil, I'm no longer listening. I want the musicians to come. So the bright angels say, what are you gazing at? Their tongues were hanging out and all they could think about was the rest of their lives and their ministries was I'm going to, I'm going to see Jesus. I saw it those many years ago and somebody's been discouraged. I want you to bow your heads. I'm, I want to talk to you for a moment. You've been wondering You've been battling. I'm here to tell you that he's drawing you back. He's going to forgive you. And he's going to bring you to the place where you are ready to see Jesus. I wonder if you would do me a favor. No one's looking around. If you need prayer and saint and visitor, whoever, would you just come and join me in the altar? And every saint of God, just, just go ahead and step on out. But I'm inviting our guests, our friends, and those that the Lord is speaking to, to join us. That's it. The, the music is coming, but you don't have to have music. I want you to just step out with me and say, yes, I'm, I'm anxious to get back to the place because I remember what it was like. That's it. Keep coming. Keep coming. Praise God. Lord, I believe right now that you are working in every life just like you did these apostles. I'm going to see Jesus. I want to say calmly that every imp in hell is committed to convincing you that it will not happen. The devil wants you to believe Jesus is not coming. And all those millions of preachers, they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. I want to say calmly, it will happen. The Lord is coming. I wonder if everybody in this building could come and gather behind these and we're going to have a special time of prayer.